0: JP, was that a good hunt to end on, you think?
1: That hunt was great. I had so much fun this morning. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. The wind was at our backs, you know. The ducks were coming in, and it was just uh, literally the best day, most fun I've ever had duck
0: hunting. You said that about ten times in the morning. Yeah, it's true. I I couldn't believe it. I was just laughing and having a great time. And Rocky hunts ducks enough in California, and so does Monty, and, and... I just remember all the conversations that I have. And no matter where you're at in the country, even if it's Canada, a lot of people always tell me, man, I just can't wait for that ducky day, that stormy, overcast, low-ceiling day. And I'm like, I used to think that way. And I've been educated a lot on it, that if you don't have sunshine and some cold weather and a a nice little 10 to maybe – eight to 12 mile an hour breeze behind at your back ducks just don't act like ducks and today they did we had some white cheeks we had some rosy bills and we had a lot of teal rocky do it like american puddle ducks do would you agree
2: yeah today the way that they were hooking around and they would come over on a high pass and then some of them would drop just drop straight in and give it up then the other bunch would come back around and hook in and then just feet down and set right into the decoys. I, I mean, some of the shots this morning were at 10 yards. I mean, oh, in our face. Less four than yards. four yards. Four yeah. yards. I mean, they, I mean were, they were right there. They were right Lots on the, the lip water. of the blind in the decoys in the hole. And here,
0: here's what today did for me, Rock. I'm going to go back because I'm committed to come back here. I love it. I was so relaxed here, and just what Monty and the guys do, is crew's unbelievable. I want to come back, but I want to, I want to go back, and I want to – do a logistic or a forensic audit on the vocabulary of South American, Argentina ducks. I want to learn how to call them because today I felt like they were responding to a call. I would do a little and I hear Rocky and Rocky was whistling and it sounded like a California duck blind. And I want to go back and find out, can you use a call or an apparatus or a tool to call these instead of, you know, electronic e-callers are legal here for duck hunting, which they're not in the States. That's fine, but I've made it a personal challenge now. I want to go back and learn how to use a mallard single-reed call to communicate with these ducks and the widgeon whistle, the teal whistle, everything. Because to me, today was a duck hunt. It truly was a bluebird sky, wind at your back, sun at your back, cold day. It was two degrees when we got out there today. Monty says that you double the the Celsius, which two plus two is four, and then you add 32. 30. Thirty. So it's thirty-four degrees today, and it stayed that. When we got out of the blind, it was still just three degrees Celsius. So three plus three is six. Plus there's only thirty-six degrees when we got out of the blind. The <laughs> wizard. It's it's quick, a wizard. A wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back, and t- today really was such the perfect hunt. In not that we killed a hundred ducks again. Not the the laughing was contagious again. But I really was like, I really think you can do this, and and vo- vocalize with them, communicate with them, and see them work like ducks.
3: It also humbled you because, you know, you said it many times in the blind, those rosy bills, when they come in and you think they're going to sit right in the hole at 10 yards, by the time you t- say take them, they're at 40 yards. I mean, they're a sporty, hard, hard shoot, 100 miles an hour. So but it, what not you only was it funny, it was perfect. communicate
0: with them, though? But,
1: but we did, and I'll never forget this, because we've, you know, we've been hunting for four days. I mean, you get rosies at some point every day and some more than others. But there was that one group. They came in and they dropped right in and they did it like they're supposed to and we just cut them down. And it was like, it was a perfect, like, you know, last day hunt, right? You just like all week long, those rosies did exactly what you said. They would just, they'd fake you out. And then they finally sat and we hammered them. It was, just, yeah, it's it was not awesome. I wasn't
0: getting stressed, but I just knew every time that I would get ready to call the shot, I was like, I'm not, I'm gonna make a mistake because if I call it too early, they're too far away. right If I call it too late,
4: they're, you know, gone. they're
0: gone, and I'm getting my ass ripped by somebody in the blind. And then somebody's shaking their head at me like my dad used to do when I mess up or not do something right. And then when you think you got them and their feet down, cupped up, just doing what a, a duck should do, and you still say get them, it's like they got this this what's nitrous Yeah, it's like nitrous inside of them that just and they're gone. They're, they're, gone. they're turbocharged. <laughs> they are turbocharged. That's why the number
4: one duck in Argentina is, is the rosy bill because they are really hard to kill. They're a big duck. They're a little bit bigger than the mallard. And they have a brain on them, like, uh, I don't know what. But it's, it's amazing how smart these we
0: well, are. Well, talk about that brain, because today you compared them to having a sixth sense or being like a lion or a tiger in the yeah, jungle. I mean, they, they just, just have a survivors. natural
4: intake, because I'll guarantee it. many ducks as you killed, 90% of those ducks have never been shot at. Have absolutely. Between here and Brazil, where they come from, there's only like six outfitters. And there's no possible way that the hundreds of thousands of the ducks they've ever been shot at. They've never and it's illegal to hunt in uh, in, in Brazil, so they don't get hunted in Brazil. The the Antares is the first province they get shot at. They're in the rivers, and there's like four outfitters up there. They're just not that there's not that much instinct. They, they, it's just born instinct. It's just bred and born from them. And let me tell you what, they are absolutely the smartest duck I've ever seen in my life. And we all are big mallard hunters. They're a smart duck, but let me tell you what: Rosie's bills will work circles well, around
2: them. I would bet their eyesight is probably oh, bar nut. You know, I, I think they're picking things off, and they probably just see better. And um, you know, probably, like, that's a
0: good point. They're probably. I right. hate to say that. There, Rocky made a comment this morning when we were walking out to the blind that he felt that the Rosie bills were already educated on the spinners, and I saw it today. Like, they, they might be like that smart to where. Usually ducks take a few months to get, you know, to get customized to or educated on a spinner wing there. You're saying these things never see many decoy spreads and they don't, they don't, but they're not, you would think that they would see those spinners and those ripples on the water today and and every single one of them finish right in front of you. And they don't, they just pick you apart.
2: But if they're, if, but if they're, if they have, if, if their brain has evolved, like what we're starting to think that it has, then as they get closer it, it just it's that constant they know it's not right that's not right something's wrong but they I mean, see it they yeah. love it they come they get to a certain but point but then it's just shot. a boom and you know look how long it took the mallard to r- truly get right. you know used to them you know it takes them literally 60 days during the season um but here man like like Monty's saying there's just nobody hunting here no, so no, 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 what no. is it you know i mean we can you know discuss this probably for an hour But they are. I mean, at the end of the day, they're smart. And I think next year, when you get the mojos that have the remotes, well, another thing
4: we're going to do next year is now we analyze when segundo goes out at the nighttime because we don't we don't know what blind. If you were going to hunt in the morning, we wouldn't know what blind you're going to hunt until segundo come back with tonight. We're going to determine that on how many ducks he counts. He counts, counts ducks every night on so many different ponds and so we watch them preseason. we watch them and each one we raid every one of our blinds and we watch them with binoculars and when those rosy bills get in the water by themselves it is like a waterfall they throw water up they flap they i mean they're so aggressive so next year i'm going to use the mojo thrashers and pumpers so if they start flaring from the from the from the spinner we're going to shut them down. I'm going to have all this action, throwing water up that and see if that works. It, it might make a whole bit of difference. might do. Yeah. I think that,
0: you know, as a duck flies over water, we talk about in the States all the time is there's there's what is realistic water. Right. A ducky water is chocolate milk. It has ripples on it. Right. And there's always action because even when a duck's sleeping on water. He's still moving his feet. When he's swimming, he's kicking up sediments. When he's diving his head under to eat, he's kicking up sediments. So that, you know, it's like a washing machine. It creates that swirl effect and it gets chocolate milk. That's why you jerk strength create ripples. You never be afraid to get up and walk through your decoy spread and muddy it up a little bit or have your dog run through it and muddy it up. But So that might be something to where wonder what you know from their bird's eye view and rocky talks about their vision there maybe they are the ultimate duck maybe they are the the high end of the food chain when it comes to wild ducks because i've never seen a duck so committed at 80 yards and so gone at 40 yards right they're oh. picking something out and it's not us it's not like we're up there we know how to hunt we're we're hiding yeah. our blinds are awesome
1: down here Blinds. and as i got as i got harder and harder you know we got smaller and
0: smaller and hid better and better and it didn't make
1: a difference no. right
0: but the thing is, is that I could see him being educated if you heard other gunshots. This is our fourth day. I didn't hear any other gunshots. Anymore. No, there's
4: nobody no, within uh, three hours of here. Yeah. There's not nobody one... even drives on the roads. No, no, no.
2: There's <laughs> well, no I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I saw that one vehicle this morning, and I thought we were going to have to alert the, you know, the Argentina Coast Guard here, because who the heck's coming in on us? Nah, you know, man, but it is. was just some dude driving to work. But we saw one vehicle in the morning.
3: The yeah. co- The know? cool thing about today was... We've probably killed all the same ducks, give or take the percentage of them on every given day. But that one duck, the cross mallard, oh, that forgot about that gargantuan. It's amazing. I, I, got don't a even ta- know it, I have a
4: taxidermist coming in tomorrow. I'm going to have him look at it.
3: It's cool.
0: That that was the biggest duck I've ever seen. It has to be. It has to be a farm raised, like a, a mix with a, far, a mallard. It looked like it had mallard in it. Yeah. It, it really looked like it? Had mallard. I wonder what would happen if you crossbred. If you brought a, a mallard bill. drag down here with a rosy wow. bill hand you would have the ultimate duck. That would be it.
3: Green-headed, red-nosed.
0: Turbocharged. <laughs> Turbocharged. <laughs> Turbo-charged. <laughs> Ferrari. Turbocharged Ferrari. Oh, here, this
4: is the basketball
0: court. Oh, look, that's a good transition. We're, we're sitting here, and I'm looking across the room, and I see my good buddy George Thompson, who turned 40 yesterday. If you all follow me on social media, I was teasing him at 47. He's 40 years old today, and I'm looking at the basketball court, and I'm talking old-school Him and my brother Clay made a bet yesterday that uh, George, they're going to play one-on-one and 221 by twos and ones, three-pointers worth two. Regular layups are inside the three-point key is worth one point. They call their own fouls and they get one timeout each and they're playing to 21. Two timeouts maybe. But they got to win by two. So after this podcast, we're getting ready to go. Caesar just showed us the basketball court, and it looks like old school Brooklyn. And we're going to have a bunch of locals down there, and we're going to have a little one on one basketball team with 240 somethings. This is going to be a, 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 a if there's any physical therapist, around this part of argentina we got her lined up <laughs> we, we, we passed there if you got any surg- orthopedic surgeons or therapists right jp we're going to need some groin we're need some ace bandages and some ice bags yeah this is going to be a battle royale i think what they really needed some icy hot all over their bodies because they're going to be needed that would have been the right bet that george had to give me a massage with icy hot on my just my back. george <laughs> do you want to change the bet <laughs> <laughs> so what? Having to rub chad so down with he's icy so, hot. It's like he's in this like he was so mouthy last night. I think he's like a UFC fighter. It's fight day, so the the crap talking's over, and he's going to surprise everybody and just jump out of his shoes and slam Duncan on clay like ten times. Yeah, he looks locked. In Look right at now. him. Dude. He's locked and low. Do you think he's on his phone right now, googling how to dribble? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, how but, many steps uh, can I take with
0: not dribbling? <laughs> George, good luck. Clay, good luck. That's the uh, Foul Life Banded Argentina Duck Hunting Adventures Basketball One on One Tournament. It's July 2018 in the city of the town of Pasteur. Yeah. past year in Buenos Aires province so we got that coming up we got that to look forward to on the subject of athletics and competition our good friend and our homie Chad Money Mendez from the great state of California had some success against Miles Jerry the other night on his comeback fight in the UFC we got to watch it down here Monty got us set up and um, even though the commentating was in Spanish we understood knockout congratulations mm-hmm. Money what'd you think of that fight JP?
1: Uh, it was awesome. He, uh, he, that, that one knockout punch was was beautiful. I mean, he, he deked him into it, got his head down, and it's connected, and it was lights out. He
0: threw, that right, he threw a right jab, kind of like a right cross, and then that guy kind of bent down, and he had that left cross coming and yeah, just right ended. on the well, dog. What's really
3: cool, if, if you do follow Chad on Instagram, he shared a, a, a little video from one of his guys that showed him training and it is exactly what he did in the fight. Yeah. It was 100%. It was perfect. I mean, the fake little short right. And you see in the training, the, the trainer who, I think it was Joey Rodriguez, Rodriguez. he dr- drops his hands a little bit to the right on the fake, and he goes, okay, kind of relaxes. And that's what Jury does, apparently, maybe in his films that they saw. Yeah. And he did that little fake right and at the same time come up with that left. And exactly what they see in the training is the exact move what knocked him out.
1: That, that's so cool it, when training happens and you know and the in the, the the live main event that's pretty 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 sweet
3: and the first thing that he
0: texts me after the fight you know Traeger had a huge after party they barbecued they threw down for him chad ward was out there and kendrick benny kendrick out of california they cooked up a bunch of brisket and butts and everything for him the first thing he texts me when are we going hunting <laughs> I mean he just freaking won a fight in the first round. And Rocky talk about that a little bit. You've hunted with Chad Mendez, you've yeah. seen how he is with your kids. Yep. It was cool for you to see him in action finally oh, yeah. and, and see see some success, yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't know him before, you know, when he was fighting. And so now to see him on TV the other night, that was really that was really pretty spectacular. And to know how, you know, dedicated he is to hunting and you know, to youth and so forth, it, it was really cool. I'll yeah, he's just one of, of those
0: guys, and I want to bring him down here. He's one of those guys, Monty, that he, everything he does is with passion, and he's, he's, he's famous, and he no, never no know question. it. He, he's just a cool dude, man. He just trains hard. So, Chad, money, congratulations on uh, your success the other night. The road to the title is in full effect. We talked about it on This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast a couple months ago. We both agreed, Mendez, that it's your time, and uh, you, I know that you're on your way to the title. So, future UFC champion of the world, Chad Mendez. Congratulations. Um, As far as what we have going on now with Argentina Duck Hunting Adventures, we have a little bit of uh, empanadas going. We're filming an empanada recipe with Franco, and we're also um, getting ready to sit down for another unbelievable dinner. And I wanted to touch on this again, because a lot of people take food for granted, but in the duck hunting lifestyle, I would say... 50% to 70% of the camaraderie is duck camp. And most of the socialization at duck camp is done around food, right? And when you come down here, that's what I get the feel. I've been to lodges down here before. I've been to lodges all over the world. And down here, you get that feel of camaraderie and and that duck camp feeling because of what you've brought down here. And I think it's cool that an American duck camp guy like yourself, Monty, has brought that flavor and that passion into here because you see it with Franco and C- Caesar and how they they aim to please in everything they do.
4: No question. I mean, I wanted to take the food to a different level. That I mean, there's some really nice lodges. up. I mean, they do a great job, and I'm just not knocking any of the other lodges. I'm just saying, for, 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 my, for my lackings... And being in the food business for 30 years in Reno, Nevada, I wanted to try to take it to another level. We did a really good job this year. Next year, we're going to have another assistant chef below, uh, Franco. So we're going to take it up another notch. And and uh, we'll just keep getting better and better and better.
1: So. Yeah, well, we have to come back then because I really can't imagine <laughs> yeah. taking it up another notch. So, uh, oh, you see. Uh, we're going to figure yeah. out a way to get back down
0: here to, to uh, experience that second Third notch, right? And it's not just that he's taking the food up another notch as far as what he supplies to his guests. I w- Monty, talk a little bit about um, the support of the local economy. I yes. mean, every single thing that you serve here is from right here.
4: Every single thing, So and I made a point that so we have all fresh salamis. Well, a local guy here in town makes all of, all our salamis for us fresh. And then there's a dairy down the street, about six or seven. We buy all of our cheeses from this local uh, lo- local dairy. And there's a local wood-fired bakery here in town. Very, we're her number one customer by far. And she makes our bread three times a day. And then we have a little local butcher shop in Lincoln, and Franco and I go buy the meat every 15 days, and then we cry back, and we age it in our cooler. So we ate. grass-fed beef is, is a little stringy. I don't know if anybody knows that, but grass-fed beef... Right off the counter, it's a little bit stringy. So I age it for 15 days. It gives it a little bit more of flavor, a little more better of a texture. And so everything we age, 15 days. You notice the coolers with all the cryovacs in there, we age everything. Hernan's going into town tonight and do all our shopping for tomorrow because I have you guys here and another another, uh, uh, group of clients coming in at noon. And we just kind of do it a little bit different from... My dad being in the grocery business, being involved in the meat departments, and my history in the casino and restaurant business, I kind of just do things a little bit different, and I think a little bit better.
0: So you have a huge passion for duck hunting, Monty, and you, you get, you're very successful in life, but you don't hunt down here much. I know you get to shoot a little bit, but I've been here five days. I haven't seen you even touch a gun or pull a trigger. Why do you do it? Do you like seeing the smiles on our faces and your clients? Is, are you aiming? Is that what your goal is, is just to make sure that, that you give something to somebody that they would never get anywhere else? Or
4: No, I'm both. I've shot over 40 days this year, so I mean, I've, I shoot a lot, but just for you guys, as many guys you you had... Having one more going to the blind, I, these ducks are so darn smart down here. I didn't think it was necessary for me to be in a blind. If you would have had just you and JP, I would have definitely been there in a job, blind with you every day. But you had enough guys there. You had enough camaraderie. You had enough everything there. I wouldn't. I didn't need to get involved in that. The week before, I shot every single morning, every single night. I shot with Richie nine days, morning and night. You know, uh, beginning of the season, I shot a lot. So I still trust me. I'm not going to do not do any hunting. I love it, there's a passion, I love building this lodge and making things perfect, but I still do a lot of duck hunting.
0: There's no, 66 there's no. years old and you've, you've been there, done that in a lot of areas in life, and duck hunting still oh, my, does it for you. Yeah,
4: I do it, that's my whole deal, my whole deal. I hunt every single day in California. I'm a member of the wild goose who hunt three days a week. I do not miss a day. And then usually in January, I go to Hagerman and spend the whole month with, with John and Richie. This year, I can't because of the shot show and my involvement in, in Argentina Duck Hunt Ventures. So I have to get, kind of break it up. I'll, I'll go up there for two weeks and go to the go to the SCI and then probably go back to California and finish out the season. And
0: speaking of California, Murlo, how, how do you see this playing out with CWA and what are you going to go back and tell John and Scott and the board as far as the what Monty's got going on down here and how we can figure the the association out? Because to me, it's cool that he's, you know, he's a California resident. He's also he's from Nevada, but he's got a place in Calusa. He's a member of the Wild Goose and the historic Butte Sink. And now he's got this world-class lodge down in Buenos Aires. What, what are you thinking? What's I know your wheels are turning the whole time. Like, what are you thinking?
2: Well, it's it's like we've been discussing. It's, uh, you know... Just in the middle of the summer, when it's 105 back home in California, you're sitting there and you're wondering, where can you go? Well, heck, it's head to Buenos Aires. I mean, you're starting to look at the magazines are coming out. All the new ads are starting to show up. You're starting to feel the itch to go duck hunting. You can come down here and just have a a smashing time. Buenos Aires was beautiful where we were at, where we stayed that first night. The food's amazing. Then you come here, you duck hunt for a couple of days, two to four days. You, the, the The facilities here are amazing. It's beautiful. You could bring your girlfriend or wife along with you. They could stay in Buenos Aires for a couple of days and shop and do all that and see the sights. Guys could come out here. I mean, it's a it's 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 an awesome summer deal. You could bring your kids out here. You know, the young hunters they could come. Um, they could shoot it up, you know, and, and get on their aim and, you know, learn some, you know, the skills that need to be in shooting and swinging. And, and these ducks are great target practice for them, you know, to learn on.
4: Yeah, I have one group that brings his son every year, and he's been coming for several years, young kid. Now he's a hell of a shot because he spends a week here. and And three years ago, he couldn't even kill a duck. Now he's a killing machine because he comes here and his dad I give him five boxes of shells in the morning, three boxes of shells at night, and just go for it.
2: Oh, this, And he's this standing, is, this little kid.
4: He's standing right there, you know. And and he, you can't do that anywhere. No, you can't, that. you can't do that. Can't do. This is a year
2: olds paradise. I mean, you think about no it. No question. I mean, it's like I, I. I mean, I'm saying what I said three days ago. I think on here, when, once you leave this house, it's 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 like back when I was growing up, leaving Durham you know, driving out the Llano Seco or the Adams Ranch, Rancho Esquan. I mean, the roads were dirt, you know, and they're all kind of rutted up, and the grass grew right up on the edges. You know, Roundup really wasn't a a chemical at that time, widely used. And so, I mean, we just had lots of vegetation. And the pheasants, they're they're purdys here, um, but they're, they're running on the road. Back home, we had the pheasants. Ducks are sitting right along the ditches along the roads, jumping up. We're driving out today. Um, the birds are just kind of flying all around us. I mean, the hawks were in the air, the egrets were around, the swans were out, the the ducks were just sitting right there in puddles. Like I just said, um, it was amazing. And in California duck hunters, I just I think the the message that I'm gonna tell everybody is that this is what it was like 50 years ago, sixty years ago. My generation barely can remember it or didn't get to experience it. But now they're at the age, you know, and, and if you have the money, like Chad was saying, you need to come down here and see what it was like. Save
0: up. Here's Here's the message that I got that what how, here read this jp i want you to read it out loud into the microphone this is really how rocky feels about this place when i saw this today i knew that that rocky's been touched by this place so this is this is what traveling abroad or traveling six seven thousand miles to come and do what we get to do in arkansas california the eastern shore idaho it doesn't matter where you're at and it, i've always preached duck camp america is special now duck camp south america is special and just read that out loud word for word of what rocky posted today
1: We started off as a mixed bunch of guys who knew each other through Chad, then traveled as a team 7,000 miles to a duck camp out in the middle of a beautiful country in South America. Now, after five days of hunting, two cases of wine, I'm going to add maybe more than two, (laughs) 76 cervezas and maybe a few more than that, six cases of ammo and four square meals a day, I can say I've added the men in this picture to my family. Duck hunting is the only hunting or fishing sport, bar none, where you can build lasting bonds so fast. Thanks, Monty, for showing us a killer, amazing time.
0: Yep. And that's, well what, said. that's what that's how Merlo is. He gets emotional and you know, Rock lost his dad just like I did. And to be able to to acquire more family through this lifestyle, it's nothing that you can take for granted. You can you can say all right i i I get emotional about it but if you like rocky's crying right now i'm not afraid to say it like if you're emotional person this will get it to you like when you see the bond that can be created through a duck blind and everything else that goes into what monty brings to the table down here the killings really i mean it's world class i get it but by 10 a.m i'm over it i can't shoot again I'm done. I can't, I I love watching ducks. I could sit there and watch them, but after that, you got to have something to roll on. So what we got rolling is you got friends, you got family and you got, I guess really what you have is like nothing that can come in between that. And that's why you, you know, life is too short. In my opinion, this podcast called this life ain't for everybody. Life is short and Chips on your shoulder and grudges and bullshit arguments and stuff that we had a little conversation about an argument that I'm in with one of my best you know what I consider a mentor in my life. That kind of stuff is so superficial. It's so waste of time that if you can mature yourself as a person, and I'm not saying that I'm mature and that I know everything. And Monty's been through a lot more than I have in business, but and Rocky is kicking ass in business, and JP, you're successful, and Clay's successful. if you can really look at what's important and know that you pull the trigger a hundred times and you kill a hundred ducks, that's cool. But when you have tears in your eyes and you can write something like that, and you know that all that other bullshit that you have going on in your life, that you having an argument with a friend or you're stressed out at work, you, there's, you got to figure out how to get rid of that. Right, Monty? You got to figure out how to figure, you got to figure out how to keep the important stuff at the top, because if not life will run your ass over.
4: And every single group that comes through here, when they come in the door they're kind of stressed they've been on the airplane for 12 14 hours whatever it is when they leave i get choked up on every one of these clients because we end up being just best freaking friends and some of the people i've never met before you know some of the people i usually know at least one other person in the group like just chad and clay but i didn't know anybody else but look at this and we're all best buds now we're best buds, and every single one of my groups that because all these people, we don't call this a workforce, we call it my team. And every single person on there is a team and they're part of my family. <clears throat> and I do anything in the world for them. And same thing with my clients, you know, whatever they need, it's easy to get it for you. Whatever there is, we, we try to make it the best experience possible. And for me, that's a success.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, you know, I, I feel the same way, Rock, I, I, this has been an incredible experience for me, and and and, the, and I think one of the components that, you know, I'm sitting around this table, and I feel like I'm maybe like the least successful person in this group, right, and, and I know that we sit here, and we have a great time, we give each other a hard time, we joke around, we have a fun, but everyone checked their ego, I mean, a thousand, seven thousand miles ago, I mean, you know, there's not even, there's no ego in the room, it's everyone's the same, we're duck hunters, you know, and I think Chad, that's sort of what your point is. I mean this sport this this amazing thing that we do is has this like magical ability to kind of like break down those barriers and build these relationships and these bonds that you just don't. You just don't find it. No, and I mean, that's,
0: it's exactly right. And everybody hears me always say that we're not entitled to this. Entitlement's a big word to me. I hate chips on shoulders. I hate I hate people that... I don't hate people. I hate the the idea of people thinking that something's coming to them. I think work, work ethic is everything. My dad always told me, you're put on this earth to work. <coughs> I know how important family is. I know how important friends are. But you got to work. you don't Absolutely. work, you don't have any of that other stuff. So when you talk about ego and you talk about anything that can be checked at the door. Humility is everything in duck hunting, and entitlement is nothing. We're not entitled to do this. We don't wake up every day and go, we're entitled, we get to go kill a 1,000 ducks. And when I say that, I say we're not entitled, we're blessed. And and when I say we're blessed, everybody automatically assumes, yeah, you are blessed, because you get to hunt the best places, and you get to kill hundreds and thousands of ducks and geese. And that's not what it's about either. What this table is, and and the friendships, when you really get a good bond with somebody through a duck blind, like Rocky said in his little story there, that is what being blessed is me means because killing a duck a monkey can do truly and i mean that from the bottom of my heart if you have a good decoy and a spinning wing and you sound okay on a call and if you come to argentina or you go to california you're going to kill a duck now, to be successful, I'll never take anything away from somebody that puts everything they have into it to become an awesome duck hunter, because there is a such thing as a badass, awesome duck hunter. He's one. He's one. All of us are pretty proficient when it comes to hunting. So if you think about what blessed means, it doesn't mean pulling the trigger on an animal. If you don't have compassion and feel for that animal that you're killing, like I said before, you're an ass. It- you got to have compassion in the heart of a hunter. And that's why Rocky does what he does with CWA. That's what he does by employing these people down here that probably make a lot less money last year than they ever will again being with Monty. It's about the, the, the human spirit. And that's what being a duck hunter is about. If you don't have spirit in your heart, in your soul, then you should never go into a duck blind because when I hear pile them up or make a pile or stack them up, I get it. Killing a duck's awesome. But what the hell are you going to do with them after you have a whole freezer full? It's about having a whole freaking freezer these are full of memories and stories and camaraderie. That's what we do it for.
1: I agree. And, and you know, to drive that point home, you know, we have a great time in duck blind. And you're right. Count all the ducks. You shoot all these, you know, down here, all these species never even seen before. And we were trying to figure out some of them as we were doing it. But then, what, what the, for me, the, the cool part is it's the little moments in the duck blind. It's not even like the big joke that's going on. You know, it's the little it's a little nudge from the guy standing next to you, you know. After like a good shot, there's another bird coming in, and you have got to be quiet. It's the little, it's the little moments, right? That that you, that don't get. The, the whole blind doesn't even see the little moments, right? But you, but you get to share. But you get to share moments with. You know, I stood next to Rock all all week this week, and we had we had we shared little special jokes and little special nudges and little special high fives, you know, and good shots and little things. And 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 that's something that you, you this this type of of hunting of fords right you can't do that in a a deer stand right it doesn't happen and so you know it was cool and and stand next to clay the same thing i mean we had little we had a little side jokes going the whole time and and making fun of each other and making fun of everyone else but it wasn't always part of the big joke right it was like the guy standing next to you and you share those little special moments and for me when i'm sitting on that 10-hour flight back to you know, the States, and I start, you know, replaying in my mind my own little video of, you know, the things that happen here, it's those little moments that are going to, they're going to stick up in my mind, you know, and now I get well, you.
4: Well, I got to tell, tell you a quick, real funny story, like, the first day you guys were here, and uh, I could hear you guys talking and buying and yakking it all up and stuff, and, Hernan and Segundo come over here. Hey, what's wrong with these guys? they talking mucho. They're talking mucho. They said, hey, Hernan, it's a TV show. They're having a great time. But they scare the duck. I said, they don't care if they kill one duck or 50 ducks. They're having a great time. Oh, no, they can no talk. They no talk.
0: It's true. I mean, we, our blinds do talk. We, oh, we, unbelievable. We, are, we are certified bad as crap talkers, I mean, there. George said some things to me this. If I didn't have the skin that I do, I probably would have cried. George said some things to me this week that were like, God damn, how does he get that under my skin that quick? He's a prick, <laughs> is what he is. Uh, we get we get shushed. Not. <laughs> 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 but,
1: but we get shushed just as much though. You know, we're having a good time and no, all of well, no, but in a, in, even in a joking way, like, come on,
0: shush
1: quiet! And then we just talk louder.
0: This place is special. We could talk about it all day. And, you know, what Monty has done for us, to bring us down here, what you just read that Rocky says, Rocky's 51 years old. To have that effect on a 51-year-old soul, and Rocky has duck hunted more than anybody at this table. Maybe not Monty, but he's hunted as much as Monty in 51 years. He's been, his dad was a trailblazer in the Butte Sink at Rancho Esquan, friends with Ken Hoffman, the California Waterfowl Association. Larry Merlo, you know, planted the seed in Rocky like Rocky's planting in Joey and Rico and that he's hunted, he's been there, done that. So for us to come down here and be able to leave with us going, Holy shit, that was unbelievable. It wasn't about, I want everybody to understand. It wasn't about every kill. Do we love killing? Do we love cooking? Do we love processing and butchering and, and all that? Yeah, we do or we wouldn't do it, but I'm telling you, if people could be behind the scenes, and, and I wish that an orthopedic surgeon could take an x-ray in my jaw right now and understand the pain tolerance that I've put it through this week with laughing so hard. My cheekbones hurt, my jaw. And that's what duck camp's about. And deer camp's cool like that, but deer, camp, deer hunters don't get down like that. They don't, they're in bed by cell. I say it all the time. I love deer hunters, but they're weird. They don't get down like us. <laughs> you
3: know, now, that's the thing. I mean, to say the, kind of the same thing about every what you guys are saying, is i 've talked to people back home over the past four days, and the first thing I say is a joke that was said in in the blind or or things that are going on outside of the killing it has nothing to do with the killing right and when right, you get home you 're not going to remember the the maybe that one special shot, maybe Tom 's first kill because we brought a new hunter and uh, two yeah, down yeah, here that, cool. those little things like that yeah. the kills not doesn 't matter but when you go home, the first thing that you're going to tell about this is something other than the killing, and that what no proves question. the duck and what, what bananas or something has like nothing that. to do with that kill.
2: Yeah, hey, you might want to talk about Tom today. That was that was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, Tom's awesome on the camera, and just to see him
0: say that he wants to get into hunting, um, I think that uh, you know that's what it's all about. You know, if he comes back, he came to me today. He's like, "Hey, I want you guys are having a blast in there," and I never thought Tom would want to shoot a gun, and um, he. Uh, he came to me today and Rocky and said, hey, I want to I start shooting a gun and I want to get into it. And that's like, you know, that, that achieves exactly what Rocky's talking about. Is if somebody like Tom at 40 years old says, oh my God, look at this, they're having a blast in there. Tom's never really hung out in the blind like he did here. He's always, you know, pretty kind of far back or he's walking around, but here it's in the water. He had to kind of stay close to us in the same proximity and he was jacked up. So duck hunting will do that to you. And I told Tom, I said, listen, if you do get this in your blood, the chances of you skiing again are probably slim and none. Never. <laughs> you know, he'll never, <laughs> never. He'll never do anything again. But, guys, this has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. I just watched my good buddy and and I mean real good buddy, George Thompson, put on his Air Jordan shorts, Nike shoes. He's got a Benelli sweatshirt on with max five down the sleeves with a max five hat on. Clay's dressed in a banded long-sleeve summer shirt. He has a banded max five preseason warm-up over the top of it with a Benelli headband wrapped around his head like Paul Pierce or one of the Harlem Globetrotters. Neither one of them are in high tops, so there might be an ankle roll in our near future. Don't
3: say that. (laughs) Somebody's
0: (laughs) coming up. But I'm Chad Belding. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Monty Baldwin, who's been a dear friend of our family. He knew my dad before I knew my dad, meaning that they grew up together. To be down here now and see his success and him being able to give this opportunity and memories to us, Monty, I thank you Rocky, I thank you as one of my best friends and mentors. You kick ass in life. I love how you father, and I love how you treat everybody that you want to get involved in this lifestyle and sport, from women to kids to get somebody like Tom Rashachine. JP, we've become brothers because of a gun. The Benelli gun we will never, ever not be brothers again. Me and Clay are brothers, and uh, duck hunting has brought us closer. The foul life and bandit has brought us closer. Our brother Clint, we get to work together every day. We hunt together almost every day. We get to raise our kids in the woods, in the field and the reservoirs on the float tubes and the boats. It's its the best lifestyle in the world. Nobody can ever take that away from us. Again, we're not entitled. We're blessed. New episodes of The Foul Life airing right now on Outdoor Channel. Thank you guys so much for your support. Check out argentinaduckhuntingadventures.com. Book a hunt. Come see Monty. Come see Franco. Come see Hernan. Come see Caesar. Every single thing that they do down here, including Segundo, their lead guide, is first class. You're going to have unbelievable hunts unbelievable meals, the lodging, and then most importantly, the memories and the brotherhood, the bond. Bring your family, bring your kids. I'm Chad Belling. Thank you for listening. This life ain't for everybody.